0: I can see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. I can see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. Everybody say fuck
1: this shit, fuck this shit, fuck this shit, hey, fuck this Everybody shit. say fuck this, shit. Hey, fuck this shit, fuck this shit, hey, fuck this shit, fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this shit.
2: What's going down? Welcome back to the fuck this shit podcast. It's your boy Dre back again. Y'all already know we start the podcast the same way each and every week. Thank y'all for taking the time out to listen to this motherfucker. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that shit. A uh, special shout out to everybody who subscribed You know, they get their stuff a little bit earlier, they get the full video of the episode. Also, they get the warm feeling of knowing that they support this podcast. So, you know, you always feel free to click that link, become a subscriber down in the show description. There's always a link that'll take you to all the social media platforms, it'll take you to the subscriptions, it'll take you to the fucking wish list if you want to buy brothers brother something. You know what I'm saying? I'm always down for some gifts. It's a phone number there for y'all to leave voicemails to the show. So, you can leave feedback. You could leave comments on things that we have talked about on here. You can send me a text message to that fucking same number, just on some feedback shit. I would love to start seeing that coming through. That's kind of a, a major thing for me this season. I want to start getting some more back and forth for me and y'all. So please, please, please don't worry about being the only one. Don't worry about being the first one. Somebody's going to reach out. You know what I'm saying? And holla at your boy. Um. <clears throat> Outside of that, man, I don't think we got too much business to talk about before it got uh, before we get this thing started. Um, I ain't really been up to much, y'all. I really just been working and chilling, uh, really trying to get more consistent putting things on the social media. I feel like I'm getting decent at it. You know what I'm saying? At least with the consistency part, it's a uh, it's hard to not it's hard to not feel like you overdoing it. Sometimes it's hard to know what to use and all of that or whatever. That's kind of, a one of the things about creating content on your own is that you really do. It's like a learning curve. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you're teaching yourself how to do everything. You learn everything step by step, but it is absolutely a rewarding feeling. You know what I'm saying? To feel like, dang, like I'm starting to kind of get the hang of some of this here and there or whatever. Um, I had somebody hit me up about the TikTok videos. They was like, uh, "Move your captions. You got your captions in front of your face." But I'm like, "But I'm like, I keep the captions in front of, I keep the captions in front of my face because I want niggas to see the t-shirt." My bad. I uh, had somebody try and call. You know what I'm saying? Them calls be messing up my feed, bro. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, y'all. So in an episode a little while ago, I never finished it because of a whole bunch of shit or whatever, but basically I was talking about how I started this whole intermittent fasting thing. If you've been if you've been following the podcast <clears throat> for the last Mm, two weeks, you know, that I've been on this new journey, you know what I'm saying, trying to get my, my health together, uh, going and get my blood work, going to the dentist, finding all this stuff out or whatever. So uh, and, and finding out that I'm an old nigga, I got high cholesterol and all this other stuff, I've been trying to take new measures, you know, what I'm saying to take care of my health. And in truth, as far as the intermittent fasting is concerned, I actually already started doing that beforehand. But before I start telling y'all about that, you know, we gotta go ahead and get the music in. Real nigga story
0: time. Real nigga story time. Real
2: nigga story time. All right, y'all. So Like I said, I've been doing the intermittent fasting. You know what I'm saying? I've been getting more serious about it because you know the doctor told me I got high cholesterol. The dentist like you got cavities. I'm like, bro, let me get my life together, right? Let me start taking care of myself. I don't want to be one thing about me, real talk, I do not want to grow up to be like old and frail. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I'm getting to the point in my life where I feel as though when you hit about your mid 30s. I feel like this is when you decide, are you gonna start really prioritizing your health and really start doing the things you know you need to do in order to to live the way you wanna live and have the body you wanna have, not just from a a image standpoint, but from a a real functionality standpoint. You, You still wanna be able to move around when you get old, do you still want to be able to play with your grandkids? All that little stuff that they say, do you really want that? I feel like your mid thirties is when those decisions are really made. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm bearing down. I'm not playing. I'm about to really do right with my health. All of this. So one of the first things I'm like, I need to do something with my diet. Not I need to be on a diet. Cause I don't believe in diets, but, uh, so I'm looking at stuff, looking at stuff, whatever. And I kind of, I've heard of intermittent fasting before, but I never really looked into it too much. As I look into it a little bit more, I see that it's got a lot of good health benefits for you. And for me, I felt like this is going to be something I can really do because I'll still be able to eat things that I like. You know, I'm not necessarily saying I could just eat fried chicken all day or whatever, but I can still eat things. I don't have to eat baked chicken and broccoli all week because that's not sustainable to me. It's not something you could do forever. Eating within a certain window of the day, that's something I could do forever. So that's why the whole thing appealed to me. So the way it works, at least the way I'm doing it, uh, is basically you choose a window during the day that you eat. Most people do eight hours where they eat and then the rest of the day, they don't eat anything at all. You see what I'm saying? So 16 hours, no eating, eight hours, they eat. What I've been doing is six hours of eating. So I only eat for six hours a day. And then for 18 hours, I don't eat. And it's supposed to like lower your blood pressure, your cholesterol, all those things It's supposed to help out. And it's also supposed to help with like regulating your weight and stuff like that. But again, all of this is more important to me from an internal level, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to live long. So I start doing that. And they call it intermittent fasting y'all it's intermittent starving when you first started it is i've been doing it over a month now and to be honest with you so so the way i do it because of my work schedule my work schedule is crazy so i eat four to ten every day when i first started this y'all i wake up at 8 30 every morning by 11 i was dying I'm over here chugging water, doing anything I can to not feel these hunger pains because I'm dying out here. I'm literally feeling like I'm feeling like SpongeBob when he was inside Sandy joint. He realized he needed the water. That's how I was feeling about the food, bro. I was dying by 11, 12. Um, one benefit I'll say off the rip though. It absolutely makes you drink more water, like way more water. So as I get used to it a little bit more, I'm not getting hungry until like three or four and that's how it is now. But y'all, when I talk about the hangry, I didn't even realize that's what it was, bro. I'm at work going off over little shit, bro. I had y'all know those big tall smart water bottles right I had bought one on my way into work I'm drinking that at work trying to knock these hunger pains off I have a swig left in that bottle y'all I mean like it's the spit it ain't even water it's the backwash it ain't even no h2o left in that motherfucker it's all kinds of Mouth bacterias and in the water, you know how that last swig of water I don't, I feel like it ain't even the same consistency as the rest of the water. Like, getting that guy, I, I don't know, it, I think I just be in my head about it because it's like that to me. Even if I water a bottle, that last wig, it ain't even water. But, um, that's all that was left. Manager comes by, throws my bottle of water away. When I tell y'all, I was ready to turn my whole job upside down over a half an ounce of water bro hell a half ounce of spit i'm in there who does that? I mean, that's the fucking problem with these bitch ass managers, bro. They just get off by fucking with people. They know somebody bought that shit. They see it, they like, oh, it's not supposed to be there. And then they go throw it off, throw the shit away, and then go to the back and fucking beat their dick off, all excited about fucking with somebody's stuff just to fuck with a nigga. They just want I'm over here just like Melvin off a bad boy. I try to be a good oh baby I try to be a good nigga. I try to be, but they just do fucking with me like i'm in here going full on hulk bro it take me like i look at the time it's like 2:45 i start thinking i'm like bro relax you don't even give a fuck about this water like that bro you're just hungry that's all this is you're just fucking hungry bro so <laughs> i get through that <laughs> Um, uh, since then it's been getting better though. Um, I don't get hungry until a lot closer to, um, like my time to eat. The hardest thing about it, y'all is stuffing all that food into that time. Cause you you're still supposed to, one thing that they tell you when you do this is don't starve yourself. Don't just eat a little bit and that. like really try and eat a day's worth of calories in your window. You know what I'm saying? But six hours, man. When you first, for me anyway, when I first start, I can't even really eat like that at four o'clock. I've been sitting here so hungry all day when I first try and eat. If I try and eat a big heavy meal, it makes me almost feel sick. Which is another reason why I can see it's kind of good for regulating your weight in a way, because I don't even really have opportunities for big meals anymore. Not overly big. My I either don't want to eat so much of one thing that I'm not going to be able to eat again. Does that make sense? So at four, I am i can't eat a huge meal. At 6, 630, I don't want to eat a huge meal because I don't want to fuck around and be full until 930. Because then it's, it's like that's not you don't want to do it that way. You kind of want to be able to eat a few times in that six hours to kind of fulfill yourself. You still want to be able to have a few different things here and there, instead of it just being, Oh, I ate snacks all day. And then one meal that's mentally for me, I like to eat too much. So I definitely know that I'm going to be extending my six hours to eight after I get my diet really under control a little bit more. I still feel like I'm eating wild and I've been back doing my yoga, but I'm not doing it as I'm not doing it every single day. But I did start a much harder one than I was doing before that thing be having me sore like I went to the gym. So, yeah, that's all I've been on, man. Uh, So with that being said, we're going to take a a quick little break and then we'll get into the show. And for those of you who got to watch the video feed, you can uh, hum to yourself for 30 seconds while I go get some chapstick because let me tell y'all, boy, I've been doing these TikTok videos. I'm like, I'm out of line with my lips being uh crusty like this. And these Trump supporters been on my shit, killing me, talking to this motherfucker don't know nothing, da, 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 but ain't nothing. You, that's how you know they can't roast. They've been talking all this crazy shit about your boy. Ain't none of them came for the lip shit. If it was me, I'd have been like, I know Pookie from New Jack City ain't over here trying to tell me nothing about Marjorie Taylor Greene, but... I'm about to go get the chapstick right now because it's about to be the last time that we got this happening on camera. Oh yeah, baby. We are back. You know what I'm saying? For another fun-filled episode of the fuck this shit podcast. Guys, a lot has been going on lately. Um, I really go- we're gonna have to get a segment for this, like not a segment, but a uh some theme music for this because boy guns 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 because america loves guns my dog it's been popping off it's been really wild out here it's basically been chicago as the as they would put it in the whole united states it's so many of these shootings are popping off that i can't even get to them because i'm not y'all know me you know this ain't really my jam i wasn't just like oh let's talk about all the kids who keep getting killed but I'm like, fuck it. So uh, most recently, Louisville. Four killed in Louisville shooting, eight hospitalized. Four people were killed and eight others hospitalized after a shooting in downtown Louisville, Kentucky on Monday. The suspected shooter is also dead. The Louisville Metro Police Department said officers were on the scene in minutes after calls came for an active aggressor around 8.30 a.m. local time to the old National Bank on Louisville's Main Street. Police arrived amid gunfire and exchanged shots with the suspected shooter who died on the scene. Authorities said authorities are looking into whether the shooter died in a self-inflicted wound or was killed by others or or, by officers. At least two officers were shot, one of whom is currently in surgery. Police said investigation is ongoing, but authorities believe the suspected shooter may have previously worked at the bank. Uh, I've seen something since this that says he did work at the bank and they say that he was about to get fired. So it's definitely on some disgruntled employee shit. Um uh police also say there is no longer a danger to the public but are asking the public to continue avoiding the area there is no longer an active aggressor threat the suspected shooter has been neutralized um our city has experienced another horrific tragedy this morning with a mass shooting at Old National Bank. There, an evil act of gun violence took multiple lives and left several people, including one of our police officers, struggling for their lives, said Mayor Craig Greenberg. Uh, police Chief Jacqueline Gwynne Royal. Anyway. Uh, later identified the shooter as Connor Sturgeon, who, Im- who was employed at the bank. Police say he used a rifle, um, which I'm sure was an assault. Right? It was probably AK or AR, whatever the fuck they use in these days. The victims were identified as Joshua Barrick, James Tut, Thomas Elliott, and Juliana Farmer, who is listed. <clears throat> In an LMPD post as 45, but later described at a press conference as 57. The officer who was critically wounded while stopping the active shooter uh, and underwent brain surgery for his injuries was Nicholas Wilt, who had graduated from the academy less than two weeks ago, the police chief said. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir said at a press conference on Monday that friends of his were among the victims. Our bodies and our minds are not meant to go through these types of tragedies, he said. President Biden on Monday called for gun safety reforms, including requiring safe storage of firearms and background checks for gun sales, eliminating gun makers immunity from liability. How many more Americans must die before Republicans in Congress will act to protect our communities, Biden asked. He then thanked the LNPD and shared prayers for survivors and victims. A strong, a strong majority of Americans want lawmakers to act on common sense gun safety reforms. Instead, from Florida to North Carolina to the U.S. House of Representatives, we've watched Republican officials double down on dangerous bills that make our schools, places of worship, and communities less safe it's unconscionable, it's reckless, and too many Americans are paying with their lives. There are a few things that they said in here that are noteworthy to me that I think get missed too often. Number one, it's wild to me that we are literally at a point where when there's a mass shooting, the police are like, on the bright side, we didn't pull a Uvalde this time. We got right up in there. I mean, he was shooting at us. We were shooting at him. It was like, it was crazy. We came up in there like Call of Duty. We swooped in. We got him. And did he kill four people and wound eight others, including one of us? Yeah, but imagine how much worse it could have been if we had sat there and thought about it. I mean, look at us. That's wild. That then be the them be the, the press conference now. It's like, oh, look at the silver lining. and we got in there quickly this time. Which I, I honestly want to make clear. I don't want to take anything away from the officers who actually do step up in those moments and eliminate the threat and go in there and do their job. They deserve, they deserve the credit. Uh they deserve to be acknowledged for heroic actions, in my opinion. There's no reason for me to even sit here and pretend like I don't believe that that's true because it is true. However, you still belong to a profession that has overwhelmingly supported legislation and ideologies that put you and other people in these kind of dangerous positions. And that I can't divorce that from the fact that you stepped up in this moment, that in part, the actions of those who represent your position a uh, uh, profession led us to this i can't divorce those two those aren't two different things both things exist and it doesn't make any sense to me why we don't have police unions chomping at the bit to get rid of the mass accessibility of assault rifles because when you go back to uvalde and you really think about what happened they were afraid because they were outgunned. In this instance, they come up to the gunman, they approach the gunman immediately, one of them gets shot and is in critical condition, had to undergo brain surgery two weeks after graduating from the fucking academy, two weeks after. Because the threat they have to eliminate comes with such high firepower. And I've said this before, I will say it again. I am well aware that no singular law is going to get rid of mass shootings. I'm well aware that people will always find a way to do something against the law. The criminals will will break laws. That's what it is and all of that. But like I always say, I'm never going to let someone tell me, oh, I'm not going to try because someone else is going to figure out another way anyway. That's like saying, oh, I'm not going to wipe my ass because I'm going to shit tomorrow. What? And that's exactly what that's exactly what this situation has become. I'm not gonna wipe my ass because I'm gonna shit tomorrow. And a whole bunch of motherfuckers talking about it's worms crawling out your asshole. The motherfuckers is like, yeah, that's crazy. But if I wipe, you know they're gonna come back. I could go to the doctor and get these worms from going out of my ass, but pff, what's that gonna do? You know what I'm saying? The next thing you know, I'm just be shitting again, and there's worms everywhere. You can get them again. Like, what? That, to me, is the Republican mentality on gun legislation. Nothing will not work, so we ain't going to do shit. And that's crazy to me. And this is a week off of the Nashville shooting. Nashville shooting, you have a... I don't know how to... I don't know the politically correct way to say this. A... transgender person who identifies as a man who was born a woman. I think maybe that's the the way to say it, uh, going in shooting up the fucking school, kill some kids, kill some teachers. What do we get as a result of that? The conversation we get off of that, we want gun laws and, and they're like gun laws won't do anything. Now that they've had this intersection of two of their uh two of their little culture war points, now all of a sudden they've got they've got room for gun loss. They're like, oh, well, maybe if you're a transgender and you're undergoing hormone therapy, you shouldn't have access to weapons because you're not stable. Listen, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know everything that goes into hormone therapy and what a person goes through whenever they transition and all that—it's not an experience I've ever gone through. And it's not something that I've taken the time to really learn more about. So unlike most people, I'm going to take that time. I'm going to take that information and I'm going to sit this one out as far as trying to say that I know exactly what's going on inside those people's body. But what I will say is that there is an amazing amount of hypocrisy coming from the same party that has no energy for determining what person should and should not have a weapon based on what previous instances they may have had with domestic violence or any other things that they may have had going on that may disqualify them from needing to have a weapon but when it's a transgender it's like oh well (laughs) yeah they should have guns really interesting as fuck interesting as fuck the shit that went on around that i i would have to go through a whole new new episode to really talk about that in engine and uh in gender <laughs> in detail but what i will say is it was extremely disheartening to me to see how many people were willing to blame that shooting on that person being a transgender when you see the stats on it, I think i seen a graph and it was like in the last 30 years, three mass shootings have been committed by someone who identified as transgender and all the other ones were cisgender people. So it's just not really, it's not something, it's not, it, it's not even worth talking about in this sense of, oh, we need to keep these people from that. If you want to just talk about a group of people who shouldn't be able to have guns based on what they do with them, it's white men, right? White men commit the majority of mass shootings if that's the logic that we're going by. It's stupid when you say it that way, isn't it? Because to say that, oh, I feel like this ethnic group or this cultural identity or whatever you want to consider it shouldn't have access to weapons because of what a handful of people did. But when it's, but that's, that's my whole deal. The Republican party is the party of they're going to take my rights. So let's take theirs. The second, well, we're all about the second amendment. Don't let them take our guns. Don't let them take our guns. Don't let them take our guns, but don't let them parent their children the way they want to. You see what I'm saying? don't let them marry who they want to don't let her have control over her body but they're coming for our rights though that's that's it for me that's the that's the overwhelming hypocrisy that i just cannot get over um as a result of that nashville shooting uh what i would actually consider not a i don't want to say it like that that sounds fucking cruel honestly i don't want to say a bigger story but uh another compelling story comes out of that because you have three house members three state house members of tennessee lead a protest into the house chambers uh justin jones I cannot, I'm not looking at the story right now. So it it was, it was this dude, Justin Jones. I remember his name specifically because he's the only one who ends up getting reinstated uh, so far. And then this other black man and then this white lady. That's only important because after everything goes down with that situation, only the two black men get expelled. They literally expel them from the House of Representatives for what they say are breaking rules of decorum because they came in there with bullhorns, you know what I'm saying, chanting, talking about y'all ain't going to do nothing about all of these innocent people dying, blah, 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 because the state house in uh, Tennessee is heavily uh, controlled by Republicans. That shit matters because we don't check in to local politics in a way that we should, but they really do matter At least as much as, but I feel like the general consensus is that your local politics are more important than national politics. They impact things on a much more direct scale. The fact that they have these levels of control made these people literally feel as though they could kick these people out over a protest. And granted, they absolutely broke the rules. But when I talk to you about the difference in how two sides see it, you have the House members who led the protest saying that what they did was in the spirit of John Lewis. So they was doing what they was doing would be considered making good trouble, right? Doing something that breaks the rules, it pushes the boundaries, it defies things, but we're doing this for our cause that's necessary, something that needs to be addressed with urgency. On the other side, you have the Republicans in that House chamber calling what they did a mutiny. The irony I find in that when you consider how many of those people do you think you could find tweets of talking about, Oh, the January six protesters were just exercising their civil freedoms. It wasn't a riot. They're overblowing it. It was just people out there expressing themselves, expressing their displeasure with the government. They have every right to do that. They're overhyping what this is. But when there's a literal protest led by people within the chamber, who come in and holler, which is basically all they did. They brought some bullhorns in and yelled. They didn't throw stuff. They didn't damage property. They didn't do anything. They came in there and made a little bit of noise and demonstrated based on something they had a strong passion on. And you call that a mutiny. But January 6th was just spectators. They were just there. They were tourists. The fuck out of my face with that shit, bro. I just can't deal with that shit. And then, to, and then to go through with it and for the white woman to be the only one who got expelled. or who, Sorry, who didn't get expelled. And granted, she only, they they didn't expel her by one vote. But you know what they did was they kicked the two niggas out and then they, they gave that white woman a stern talking to. They told her, now you know better than associating yourself with that. We're going to give you a strong warning not to do that shit no more but we're not going to give you any real consequences because we don't really consider you to be in the same category as them. That's what we get. They don't see the hypocrisy, even though when Donald Trump gets charged for committing crimes, for breaking the law, Donald Trump was grand jury. Alvin Bragg had to bring the charges against Donald Trump up in front of a grand jury, could show them all the evidence and have them say whether or not there was enough evidence there for them to go forward with an indictment. And those citizens said yes. That is being considered a witch hunt. The entire Republican body body of the Tennessee House of Representatives decided because they did not like the protest the way that these black men protested they were going to expel them from the chamber they were going to remove them altogether, even though they were duly elected in the office they were elected in office the correct way they did things the way they were supposed to be done they didn't steal an election it wasn't no crazy so they didn't break any laws they broke a rule of decorum And they kick them out and they think that's justice. That's my issue. They see that as justice and they see the other as a witch hunt. And that really makes me question, what do we have to look forward to? Where, Like the state that our politics are coming to, to me, is so drastic because Republicans realize that they simply don't have the numbers. And they don't actually believe in democracy because you know what democracy actually means. If more people where you live want something in you, you just got to eat it. So you can't change the rules because not enough people believe in what you believe in. You can't try and find backhanded ways to steal elections. They had a fucking I don't know if she was a state senator or a state house uh, member in North Carolina run and get elected as a Democrat and then switch her fucking party affiliation to Republican because Democrats called her out for not doing her job. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's not democracy. She stole those people's votes. But that's what I'm saying. The Republican party at this point is grasping at straws. They're doing anything they can to maintain power because they know by the basic principles of democracy, they just don't have it anymore. There's more people who would just rather see a woman have a right to choose. And there are who want to see a woman have these strict laws placed on her body. There's more people who feel like background checks are common sense for people who have guns. There's more people. Who actually believe that assault rifles should be banned than there are that don't and see what's crazy about it is this right the people who own assault rifles feel like well those people are infringing upon my liberties but you live in a democracy so your liberties are granted and determined by the populace so if more people don't want something than do That's the way this works. That's what we signed up for. But see, y'all don't want that. It was only cool. And this is why everyone says that it roots back to white supremacy and racism, because when it was that way, it was no problem. When it was no pushback from any other groups or any other ideologies, and you just had this one uniform monolith to govern, there was no issues. But now shit changes. Now you have to deal with a diverse group of opinions that get to lead to the like structure that this country or the the direction of the country. And you don't like that. And that's what I see. What I see is a bunch of white men upset that they used to make all the rules. And now they have to listen to other people's opinion on what the rules will be. And now they want to change the way shit goes. Because before, when it was only white men who got to say so, it was, we'll all vote. And whatever we agree on, whatever whatever gets the most votes, that's what we'll do. Even if everyone doesn't like it, we'll just do whatever gets the most votes. And then you start letting women, black people, gay people, people from other nations, they get to make decisions now. And now it clouds what the, the, uh, the, the direction of the country is or what the values of the nation are. And you see such a strong pushback from that white conservative sector of the country, and you'll never convince me that's not what we're seeing. Period. Um, they ended up reinstating uh Justin Jones, and uh, he had a speech when he got reinstated. I definitely want to play that for y'all. you can see this represent yeah. jones
0: all right audience the members in the balcony there's to be no disruptions from the balcony that's the protocol here i ask you to refrain
2: that white man mad as fuck you know he was one of the ones who voted to expel this man and he's sick that they had to bring him back He's sick. You can see it all over his face. He mad people cheering, acting like this a fucking graduation. Oh, hold your applause. Don't talk. Blah blah blah. Such a bitch ass. up
0: please, there's members on the floor asking you to refrain. Please refrain from disrupting the proceedings. Thank you, Representative Jones.
1: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I want to welcome the people back to the People's House. I wanna wanna welcome democracy back to the people's house. That on last Thursday members of this body tried to crucify democracy, but today we stand as a witness of a resurrection of a movement of a multiracial democracy that no unjust decision will stand. And that this represents the point that there comes a time where time itself is ready for a change. That time has come back here in Nashville, Tennessee. That truth crushed to the ground will rise again. That what you intend for evil can be used for good, to restore the heart of democracy in our state. And so I come here to stand with my constituents, with the people of Tennessee, to say that no unjust attack on democracy will will happen unchallenged. That the abuse of this body will not happen in the comfort of silence. And so I come here most importantly though, not as an individual, but I come here to say that the people of District 52, 78,000 people have a voice in this chamber once again. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the days ahead for, uh, for Tennessee, not because of the actions of this body, but because of the actions of the people out there and the thousands gathered outside this chamber right now who are calling for something better, Who's, who, who responded to your attacks on democracy with an attack of a mass movement for social justice and racial justice and economic justice to restore the heart of our state. And so I want to thank you all, um, not for what you did, but for awakening the people of this state particularly the young people. Thank you for reminding us that the struggle for justice is fought in one in every generation. And so, the people of Tennessee, I stand with you. We will continue to be your voice here, and no expulsion, no attempt to silence us will stop us, but it will only galvanize and strengthen our movement. And we continue to show up in the people's house. Power to the people.
0: All right. That's out of order. That's the second time. One more time. And unfortunately I will not be able to determine who is yelling during the proceedings. So I would have to clear the whole thing out. So.
2: I I had to let y'all hear the very tail end of that. Yeah, if if y'all yell one more time, I'll have to clear this thing out sick to see people excited over this man. And I love what he was saying. And I really, really hope that that resonates with people. I hope that people hear that and they take that to heart that when you see attacks like this, it should show you how important the process is. It should show you how much influence these actions can actually have. For them to be this willing to, in front of everyone, expel these people, from their positions means that they felt a level of danger from what these people were doing they felt threatened by what these people were doing and like he said things like this have got to galvanize you things like this have got to motivate you and empower you to fight against shit like that when you see it because you see that something can come of it it's a lot more difficult for these people to do the shit they used to do and they're not used to it You got to realize they say it's hard to teach your old dog new tricks. These dogs, they've been doing it in plain sight their whole life. They never existed in a space where they couldn't just outwardly discriminate against. They couldn't just take from. They couldn't just do. So now that they're in the public eye, when they do things like this and they get that swift backlash, they have to explain themselves over and over and over again. It's something they're not comfortable with. It's something they're not used to. And it's something that we've got to utilize to our advantage. we got to hold their feet to the fire in moments like this and we can't let it seem like we don't care or like things like this can go unchallenged because that's the, that leads us to a position where they feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want. And we already see them doing trash shit. You know what I'm saying? All the time. Um, before we leave this, I want to, I want to play y'all a, 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 interaction between Jamal Bowman and, uh, thomas massey uh jabal bowman is a progressive uh i'm pretty sure he's a um house member house representatives um and i want to play this for one main reason the reason i feel like a lot of people aren't interested or engaged politically is because they feel like the people they see in politics aren't representative of them and the energy that they see is not representative of them. And particularly when I hear about people talking about Democrats they're like, "Oh, you know, they too passive, they don't really do da 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 da, da whatever whatever." Um and this is just an exchange that I want to show you because Jamal Bowman was elected. Like they chose him. There are people who I feel like represent the passion that a lot of the public has And they would love to see those people represent them They just don't know enough about them So I definitely wanted to show this And also I wanted to show it because I wanted to show you How when, when, like I said When you hold these people's feet to the fire They don't have nothing to say They can never justify the shit They can never really explain it It's always some dumb shit So, alright They're all power They're
0: all save the lives of our children at all. Cowards, pressure them, force them to respond to the question, why the hell won't you do anything to save America's children? And let them explain that all the way up until election day on 2024. Let them explain it all the way up to Election Day on 2024. They're freaking cowards. They're gutless. They're what not here. I'm talking about gun violence. I'm talking about gun violence. you think more you guns contract? lead to more death? More guns contract? lead to more death.
2: You... I, before, I can't even let this finish, out before I say this. Massey's argument is hold on in this exchange Massey's argument is armed teachers there's he's he's telling Bowman there's never been a mass shooting at a school where the teachers carry guns first of all Tell me you don't know how stats work or you think I'm so stupid that I don't know how stats work in another way. What percentage of schools have teachers that carry guns? Might you ask? As this is a new thing, I'm certain it may not even be a single percent. You know what? Fuck it. We are, we are, we got the internet. Let's see if we can get this stat. You can't get a lot of stats, but let's see. What percent of schools have armed let's see yeah it is one of those things you can't get a stat on it it can't be a lot though but let me ask you this how many how many of those schools that have mass shootings had armed guards actual trained police officers who are trained to deal with With violent attackers, and they still got through. So, you think a teacher, someone who came in and did a search so they could learn how to teach a child common core math, you think that they're going to be more equipped than someone who's actually trained to do this with a weapon? You're like, oh, we just need more guns, right? Like, we didn't just do a story about a superintendent who was carrying a gun, left his gun in the bathroom when the students found it. Okay. Just making sure we're on the same page about what it is that we're asking for. I'm going to finish this video out.
0: Look at the data, you're not looking at any data. You're it's not, it's you're it's carrying the water for the gun lobby. Look at the data, like kids, more guns, for the, kids, say the more deaths. The kids, States that state? have open carry laws have more if death. Every States that have state, open carry laws have more death. Are oh, you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's a, what that you, children are dying. Nine year old children. Because the solution is not Army teachers. Have you work ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? It's a yes or no question.
2: Have you ever worked in a school? You will not answer my question. Don't stop and talk to me. Okay. Yeah, y'all. That's the energy I need, bro. I need you firing motherfuckers up in the hallway, bro. Like, no, don't come to me with that shit. That's what I like, bro. Don't come to me with that. Don't come to me. Don't walk up and act like you want to talk to me and have a conversation with me. But all you want to do is ask me this stupid, empty ass question. But then when I really come to you with some shit, you don't really want to engage with it because you know you don't got shit for it. You don't got nothing for it, bro. Of course a a fucking house member who's bought by the gun lobby where advocate for giving teachers more guns because that equals more gun sales because you're not interested in public safety you interested in lining the pockets of the people who line yours and you think we so motherfucking stupid we can't see this shit bro and that shit is annoying and then for all the people who step up and advocate for these people and stand on their shoulders like no you don't understand they're trying to take our rights that get the fuck out my face with that shit bro how stupid are you bro I don't care how many guns you and your homies got, bro. The whole oh well, the the law says the 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 Constitution is written that we should be able to bear our uh, arms that give us the ability to defend ourselves against uh, enemies, foreign and domestic. Basically, saying that they feel like they're supposed to have guns big enough to defend themselves against the United States government. Bitch, you ain't got no tank. I don't give a fuck how many goddamn ARs you and Billy Bob got lined up and how many fucking tactical training classes y'all do in your fucking backyard, nigga. You can't do shit if the government decide they want to come take nothing from you. It don't matter how many damn guns you got. That gun not going to protect you against the government. All it does is make you a ridiculously large threat to an innocent fucking citizen. That's all it does fuck that i need this to protect my i need this for that whatever whatever i'm not hearing that shit because if you felt that way then you would enter the conversation with that if it was no i need a weapon this large to hunt with i need a weapon this large to defend my home then you would be willing to take some shit like yeah you can't take these bitches outside your fucking home you can only use it for this but you don't even want to engage with anything like that you know why because all you know Is that you bought into this fucking fear mongering ass rhetoric that someday someone's going to come and try and take something from you. Instead of trying to critically engage with what you think would make the place you live in a more safe place. But what the fuck ever, man, maybe that is your critical thought. Maybe the end of your critical thought was give another stranger a gun because you think just because someone is a teacher. That means that they mentally competent. How many stories have you heard of teachers putting their hands on kids? You want to give them a gun? All right. Next. (laughs) Speaking of guns, we can't even get off of this shit yet. Out of Texas, there's a story out of Texas, y'all. Guy named Daniel Perry. He was an Uber driver. He's uh he's driving, they're having a protest, and he drives into the crowd, claims that one of the protesters raises an assault rifle at him, he pulls his revolver out, shoots and kills, shoots into the crowd, kills him. Uh he gets someone else in the crowd returns fire. Um, and he ends up getting arrested and charged with I think it was second degree murder and Tucker fucking Carlson has inserted himself into this and it's crazy sorry about that I know y'all here to uh FTS podcast featuring blaze right now. <laughs> um, Sorry, y'all. I had the story queued up and then I lost it. All right. A Travis County. Jury found Army Sergeant Daniel Perry, 33, guilty of murder on Friday, almost three years after he shot and killed Austin protester Garrett Foster. In 2021, Perry was indicted for murder, aggravated assault and deadly conduct charges for shooting Foster during a July 2020 protest in downtown Austin. The jury also found Perry not guilty of aggregated assault with a deadly weapon after deliberating for 17 hours Thursday and Friday following an eight day trial. Um, the indictment came one year after Texans took to the streets to protest police brutality following the murder of George Floyd, a black man killed by white Minneapolis officer on May, 2020, uh, Foster attended an Austin protest on July 25th while Perry was downtown driving for Uber. According to the protest, Perry stopped his car and honked at people protesting while they walked through the street blocks from the state capitol seconds later he drove his car into the crowd police said foster who was 28 year old white man and an air force veteran had been seen openly carrying an ak-47 rifle at the time which is legal there are conflicting accounts as to whether foster raised the rifle to the driver first but seconds later perry who was uh also legally armed shot and killed foster and fled the area foster uh, police said he called the police and reported what happened, claiming he shot in self-defense after Fawcett aimed his weapon at him. Perry is also a white man. Um, and that's, that's you know, that's part of it. This is, this is white on white crime. You know, I don't want to mistake this as racially motivated violence or anything like that. This is white on white crime, which is an epidemic in America that we need to take care of. And I don't understand why Circle Cross is not outraged about this white on white crime, but Anyway, uh, the case sparked debates over Texas standard ground law, which allows people to use deadly force against someone else if they feel they are in danger. But Perry's social media posts about retaliating against protesters waged questions about the shooter's state of mind and his self-defense claim. The standard ground law prohibits an individual from arguing self-defense if they provoke the threat from someone else. Witnesses said that Perry seemed to drive threateningly into the crowd before shots were fired and his actions seemed intentional. Judge Clifford Brown said the sentencing hearing could happen as early as next Tuesday. Uh, Perry faces at least five years in prison, but murder convictions can result in life sentence in Texas. So this is the culmination of a lot of things to me. First of all, do y'all remember when they was passing all those laws about if you in your car and protesters are blocking the street and you feel scared, you can run them over. They basically passed the run over protesters with your car law all over this motherfucker when they start doing those George Floyd protests, which I really thought was wild considering someone literally ran into a crowd of protesters and murdered a woman in Charlottesville that you would co-sign legislation that made that basically legal in your state and then be like, but I don't understand why people would say that I'm a racist or that I'm against any kind of progressive, you know what I'm saying, agenda, or or not that, they love to be said that, I guess I would say better, that I'm against uh, the exercising of civil liberties, you know what I'm saying, I just think it's cool to run protesters over, so you have that, you mix that with stand your ground, which is basically, as it says in this article, they're having a lot of states, mostly in the South, basically, if you feel like someone's Attacking you when you have a gun, you can murder them. You don't have to shoot the wound. You can shoot to kill. And that's the law here. Um, but the thing about standing your ground is it can't be premeditated. And with this dude, they found him posting all this shit about uh, running over protesters and violence towards protesters and all these other things beforehand. They also kind of go back during the trial and they note out that he basically drove to the protests. He wasn't driving for someone. Like they keep saying he was driving for Uber. He was driving for Uber. He he didn't have a passenger in the car. He wasn't currently driving for Uber. He was an Uber driver. Um, He turns in, and I'm not saying that he hadn't been driving Uber that night. He was downtown. He probably was. But what it sounds like to me is, and I'm gonna be honest, this is conjecture. Sounds to me like you're driving Uber around downtown, you're seeing all these protests build up. You've been sitting up here and hearing all this far-right ass conspiratorial rhetoric about how this is dangerous, Antifa, blah, 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 all this bullshit. And then you also know, stand your ground, driving the protesters, the laws with that and all that. You have all this information in your head, and you also armed with a real weapon. So you drive over there, really ready to start some shit, a la Kyle Rittenhouse. Right, and I think that that's interesting because this actually came to my attention because a Tucker Carlson clip popped up, and I seen him talking about it. And what he has done is literally called to the governor of Texas to pardon Daniel Perry. I'm gonna I'm gonna play
3: out a clip. That one to the sitting governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, to come on this show. That tonight we extended an invitation to the sitting governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, to come on this show on Monday. And we wanted to ask if he was considering a pardon for Daniel Perry. But for some reason, Governor Greg Abbott's office told us he just can't make it and that we should talk to the attorney general of Texas, Ken Paxton, instead. So that is Greg Abbott's position. There is no right of self-defense in Texas. That tonight we extended an invitation to the sitting governor. So that's where we start, right?
2: We start with a call to Greg Abbott to pardon a man who murdered a protester. And if y'all are, if you're watching the video, you can see. I don't want to screen, speak to speak. I, I want to play y'all a to speak clip to of him to talking people, about wanted this, to speak because who he brings out is none other than Kyle fucking Rittenhouse. And that's what I was saying about the parallel between that. I thought it was crazy that this is who you brought I
3: wanted to speak to one of the few people who knows tonight what Daniel Perry is going through, sitting behind bars for defending himself. Kyle Rittenhouse lived that experience. He joins us tonight. Kyle Rittenhouse, thank you so much
4: for coming on. Thank you for having Um, me, Tucker.
3: So here you have a guy, I don't think there's really any debate, the protester who was killed raised a rifle at him, is exactly what happened uh, with you. How do you think Daniel Perry feels tonight, sitting in jail?
4: I can only imagine. He's probably sitting there wondering what happened. He defended himself. He knows what he did was right. You have a man with an AK-47 and over 120 rounds of ammo on his person, dressed just for, for war, as some people might say, with that rifle strapped the AK-47 raising it towards Daniel Perry, who was in flip-flops and beach shorts carrying a revolver.
2: Y'all, I'm gonna point out all the different areas of hypocrisy in this video, but I'm gonna wait all the way until the end to do it all at one time.
4: Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to mention that he was armed. I see a lot of reports just saying he fired indiscriminately into a crowd and he drove into a bunch of rioters. They don't want to talk about how he was swarmed, how his car was swarmed with a bunch of rioters trying to attack him. As he was driving for Uber,
3: I mean, the least powerful person in our society, attacked by one of the worst people in our society who's out there rioting. As in your case, you were trying to defend a used car lot, and a convicted child molester tried to kill you, and they took the convicted child molester's side.
4: Do you see parallels here? Absolutely, and you see the double standard in this case. They people aren't talking about the fact of the person, the second person who attacked Daniel Perry. By after after Sergeant Daniel Perry defended himself against Garrett Foster, he was then shot at um, three times by a person who was never charged by the Travis County County DA. Somebody who rec- recklessly fired a slew of shots, who um, at Garrett at Daniel Perry's car. And they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the recklessness of that. And they don't want to charge him. It's a double standard. and It's not okay. He fired three shots in the middle
3: of a city, but that's totally fine. Uh, okay. Kyle Rittenhouse, thank you for adding to our knowledge of this story. Appreciate it.
2: Okay. First of all, The hypocrisy in this entire thing baffles me beyond belief because they are the party of show up to the protest with the AK 47. The reason why you're starting to see left leaning people show up to protest armed with large rifles is because essentially to show that they too are armed because we started to see all of these right-wing militia groups show up to these protests heavily armed. For Kyle fucking Rittenhouse, of all people, to be talking about how this man armed with this AK 47 and 120 rounds of ammo was walking around looking threatening, but if anyone was to try and refer to him as that, he will go right back to that babbling little bitch we seen at the courthouse, right? For Terkel Carlson to say that an Uber driver, one of the lowest people in our society, which to me, to be clear, speaks to what he really thinks of people. Sometimes you let people slip and they say things that they consider trying to be like sympathetic, but they really show you what they really think. Whoever said the Uber drivers were the lowest members of society? but that's what you see them as. You see them as the help because you that type of person, because you a fucking elitist who fucking disguises yourself as the common man so that you can grift people. Then to even connect to say that they don't care about this man getting killed, but whenever the man who you killed was a convicted child molester. Yo, that doesn't matter. Kyle Rittenhouse isn't the police. It doesn't matter. I don't I don't even know if that's true. It doesn't sound true. But just. But I literally do not even know if that's true. It doesn't matter if that man was a child molester or not. Because that's not why Kyle Rittenhouse shot him. He didn't find out that that dude used to be a child molester. And then he was like, he got to go. Because when I see stories like that, I low-key be pumping my fist. Like, hey, sometimes you got to get your comeuppance. But that's not what Kyle Rittenhouse did. So why does that even matter? And then for them to talk about the person who shot back and talk about, well, they uh, recklessly shot uh, into a crowd of people in a city. No, they shot back from an aggressor who drove into a crowd and then started shooting into it. They were the ones who were acting in self-defense. The reason why they weren't charged is because when you look at the situation on his face, it's so obvious that they were acting in self-defense, whereas Daniel Perry was an aggressor. He came there to start shit. And that, to me, is something that we see more and more as this is, as this is playing out. And it's literally scary that you see people who are going out of their way to put people in a position for them to be able to exercise their right. They trying to game you into coming at them so they can kill you. It reminds me of that old man who fucking murdered that dude. Because he's like, this woman parks in a handicapped spot. This man comes up, starts going crazy on her, cussing all at her, calling her all kinds of bitches and shit. Her dude comes out the store and approaches him. The dude starts bucking at him and then he fucking murders him. He's like, oh, I was just standing my ground. That's not standing your ground. And that to me is what it's done. It's empowered people who are viewed as victims in society. And I want this to be clear this is why I'm so against stand your ground, because the people in America who are viewed as victims are white. So it empowers white people to go out of their way to murder people who don't look like them under the understanding that the law will assume they fear for their life, a la George Zimmerman. That's why I don't fuck with Stand Your Ground. Because regular ass self-defense was enough. This extension on top of it, that makes motherfuckers like Tucker Carlson feel like they can call out to the governor of Texas to pardon a motherfucker who clearly did this shit. That's a. I just can't follow up on that, y'all. Just to be clear, <laughs> outrageous Greg Abbott says he will pardon Army Sergeant who killed BLM protester, the governor. Has caused outrage That's saying he will seek to pardon the U.S. Army sergeant who was convicted of murdering a Black Lives Matter protester during a demonstration against police brutality and racial injustice in 2020 in a Twitter statement. Uh, <clears throat> Abbott said that he had asked the Texas Bo- uh, Board of Pardons and Paroles to expedite a pardon for Daniel Perry. The announcement came less than 24 hours after Perry was found guilty of a fatal shooting of 28-year-old Garrett Foster, who is funny they keep talking about Army Sergeant, Army so- uh, Army Sergeant, Army Sergeant. The one who he shot was an Air Force vet. So it's just crazy how they use this whole we love the troop shit just when it's convenient. I look forward to approving the, board, uh, the board's pardon recommendation as soon as it hits my desk. The governor came under intense pressure from Fox News and state lawmakers to pardon Perry. Apparently, the state of Texas no longer recognizes the right of self-defense, Mr. Carlson said. Less than a day later, Abbott announced he would seek to pardon Perry. Texas has one of the strongest stand-your-ground laws of self-defense that cannot be nullified by jury or progressive district attorney, Abbott said. So that's what they are now. Elect us, and you can murder people who you can murder Black Lives Matter protesters, and we'll just straight up pardon. That's the precedent that's being set. But they want you to worry about the radical left. Good talk. All right, y'all. On to some other shit. Bud Light is in some hot water, y'all. They have got some backlash coming because they just love them gays too much, bro. Bud Light came out with some rainbow cans because, you know, they come out with memorabilia cans every other week. You pick up a Bud Light, it might have an NFL team on it one week. You pick up a Bud Light can during breast cancer month, it's pink. You pick up a Bud Light can on Mother's Day It's got a picture of your own mama on there You like how did Bud Light know Because their PR campaign is just so Fucking solid right Um, They put out the the cans uh, And I, I believe it was a collaboration With the transgender influencer I'm pretty sure that that's exactly what was going on With that and the reason why I didn't actually Pull up the story and go through the details Because honestly does that matter i genuinely don't feel like it matters i feel like everyone has their predetermined level of how much of a piece of shit they are and that was determined as soon as they seen the can see there were those of us who are just not pieces of shit we seen a can with a rainbow flag on it and we were like whatever that's cool and then we moved on there may be some other people who seen they were like oh that's cool i'm gay i like rainbows there may be some people who just like i'm not gay and i like rainbows you know whatever Right, all of these people fall into the not pieces of shit bucket. There's another bucket, and this bucket is filled with none other than legend Kid Rock because this is how some people reacted to the Bud Light cans.
4: <laughs> Grandpa is feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh say something to all you and be as clear and concise
3: as possible.
4: Fuck Bud Light
3: and fuck Anheuser Bush. Have a terrific day.
2: <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh say. All right, y'all. Um, first of all, it's crazy to me that we get this from Kid Rock of all people because it's like if Bud Light like, was a person. Anyway, cause it's piss beer and he's like piss music, like trash. Like, is <sighs> he? We should have known these things about Kid Rock also i I will never get tired of the i am outraged by this product i'm gonna go buy a bunch of it and shoot it or i'm gonna go buy a bunch of it and burn it i hate anheuser bush and bud light so much i'm gonna go line their pockets with money and then i'm gonna give them free product placement and basically do a commercial for them where i shoot their beer up just to put their name trending on twitter like okay like that's the Best way I've ever heard of getting back at someone in my life. I will say this, though. You got to give Bud Light props for doing this because they got to know their demographic. Bud Light had to know that all the people who were going to like the fact that they put a rainbow on a can don't drink Bud Light. It's not the same people, bro. I mean, I'm not saying there's no gay hillbillies. That's not what I'm trying to say. There's clearly gay hillbillies, right? But once you once you come out as gay to the hillbilly community they gotta excommunicate you to a to a to a degree and then once you get excommunicated from the hillbilly convent you know what i'm saying the hillbilly uh association of hillbills right obviously you will be introduced to like non piss beer so you would drink of course like they're like i don't know just anything different Than Bud Light, like only those heavily entrenched within the hillbilly community. And I don't think that the hillbilly, I mean, somebody let me know if I'm wrong. I'm from Oklahoma. The hillbillies I know, they not with no gays. So for Bud Light to be like, you know what? We don't give a fuck. We going to do this anyway, because you know what we think? We also think that y'all be fake outraged. And we think that if you actually like Bud Light, you'll quit drinking it for a few weeks. But then you're going to be drinking that shit right back in a few months. Just like them niggas is watching the NFL. Because we all really the same. We can't hold tight to no fucking boycott or something that we really enjoy. But like, don't give a fuck. They know. They know y'all coming back. And I know y'all going back. Just like all them white men walking around with their Nikes on again. Because it was a whole fucking year and a half where I didn't see a white man with nothing but under armor on. You know what I'm saying? They that Nike put say they was gonna put out some Kaepernick shoes. It was like, nigga, I'll wear sketches for the rest of my life before I wear another check mark. And now what they doing? Jogging down the suburbs in they dry fit. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's fake, bro. It's not real. Um, and it's weird. It's a weird. Fantasy, not 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 uh um um fucking what's the word i'm looking for like it's almost a fetish to me that they they care so much about the gay community it's like you are infatuated with them and it just genuinely if i didn't do this podcast the amount of time i would spend thinking about what gay people was doing would be like when I thought specifically about the gay people in my life and what they was doing, like, I wonder what O'Neal gay ass is up to. But other than that, I don't be just thinking, man, like I don't be worried about my kids seeing gay people and turning gay. I don't even give a fuck if my kids are gay. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's my, maybe I'm, that's my problem. Maybe I have been emasculated as a part of Hollywood's scheme to emasculate the black man. It's me it's me. I'm not even a man anymore, y'all, because I'm out here thinking that I would judge my daughters based on like their life skills and happiness and how well they're able to cope with the world around them and their ability to impact others and society. But I should just be making sure that they like boys. But see, now I'm confounded. I'm confused because Am I supposed to make sure that my daughter's out here sucking dick or am I supposed to make sure that they not? Because I'm also told that that's the worst thing that could ever happen to me is to find out that my daughter has sex because we put women in that box too. I'm just, I just can't keep up with the toxic masculinity. I can't keep up with it. Maybe that's why I'm not man enough because I can't keep up with all these rules. I'm just gonna, I think I'm just gonna keep raising my kids right and supporting them and hoping that they grow up to be well-rounded and well-adjusted adults who can contribute to society and i'm just not give a fuck who they have sex with because that ain't really my business i don't know maybe i'm the weird one anyway on to an emasculated black man jonathan majors um i did not get a chance to actually talk about the accusations against jonathan majors um and if i'm being honest i don't know with all this time past i don't know that we'll ever really know exactly what did happen in that situation i've got a thing about domestic violence where i don't really like to talk about domestic violence accusations for two reasons number one i don't want to talk about someone like they're guilty and they're not um because it's, it's hard to walk that kind of stuff back. You, no one ever even hears that. No one will ever hear you talk about how, oops, you know what I'm saying, insert celebrity didn't really do that. You know what I'm saying? They'll never think of that. They'll only think about the way that you malign that person when you thought that they did it. And also, m- my belief is that where you stand on whether or not you think they did it will really say more about what your preconceived notion about that person was than your ability to analyze what's in front of you more times than not. And I'm speaking about myself, not about other people. So that's one of the reasons why I don't do it. The second reason why, especially with domestics, is because you don't even know if the story is gonna stay the same. Um, In your real life, not just with celebrities, we all know people who have been in situations like this, been in relationships like this. And the common theme is, A woman might come out and say that a man did X, Y, Z, or a man might come out and say that a woman did X, Y, Z. But if they're going to stay together, they're not going to press them charges and they're going to say it didn't happen. So you'll never really know which one of the two is true. So it's like, mm, how much is it worth talking about? But I will say, when I seen it come out, it made me think. Because, okay, okay. I know y'all seen, we talked about the pictures that he took before. Uh, I know y'all seen Cameron post the pictures of him and Michael B. Jordan talking about this, the reason why I didn't go see Creed 3 and all that or whatever. So what I'm thinking is, what if this was all image rehabilitation? What if Jonathan Majors went to like, A black man toxicity PR firm talked to them and was like, yo, I made a mistake. I went out with my friend, He, me and him, we both men, we both successful. I was proud of him. He was proud of me. We in the same movie. We took some pictures together. We were both smiling in the pictures. The consultant is already like, shit, nigga, you and another nigga smiling in the same pictures and shit, all fruity and shit. Go ahead, brother, tell me what, tell me more. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, bro, we we took these pictures and we did a few interviews together. One of them, he said something funny. I I touched his knee. Like, bro, you touch another man's knee, bro? Why you don't just swallow that man? I mean, this... Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Yeah, bro. I mean, and we just been, we just been doing, we've been friends, you know? We, we talk highly about each other. We really enjoy each other's company. My brother, is this your man? You talking about him like this your boyfriend. This the reason why they talking about you out in the streets like you're some kind of sissy. Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to get you one of them white women. And you need to smack up. I know, I know this sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. Maybe don't smack her. Just choke her a little bit. Say she went through your phone and you flashed off. You know what I'm saying? You lost it and you told her. You said, bitch, don't go through my motherfucking shit. Because you don't play that shit. You got to let the streets know that Jonathan Majors ain't no bitch. Then we'll come up with our expert team of lawyers. They're going to clean up the charges. You're not going to eat nothing. She's going to recant the story or whatever. And that's going to have you even more play around here in these streets. Because they're going to be like, yeah, Jonathan Majors put the O in check. You know what I'm saying? She tried to go through the phone. He smacked her up. You know what I'm saying? Like a man. Like a man. You know what I'm saying? Smacked her ass up. Then whenever she tried to go to the police, he hit her up and was like, bitch. better dead that shit and you know what she did she did it and just like that the gay rumors is over you back a man out here in these streets and then next thing you know uh the death row biopic comes out and what do we see suge knight played by jonathan majors all brought to you by the firm and we'll do that for 10 percent, my brother that's my conspiracy theory on the jonathan majors arrest That's the only reason why we're talking about it. Oh, man. Let's see. What else should we do before we get out of here? Let's do some Everything is Racist. Because everything is racist.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh.
2: Black couple says Texas authorities took away their baby just because they had a home birth. Black couple living in Dallas says their two-week-old daughter was taken away from them because they decided to have a home birth with a midwife. Two weeks ago, Tamisha Jackson gave birth to her daughter, Mila at home with the assistance of a licensed and certified professional midwife. It was a beautiful birth, Tamisha Jackson said. She was a perfect six pounds, nine ounces, Shortly after, the couple says their baby developed jaundice, a common liver condition in newborns that often resolves itself without treatment. Tanisha and her uh, husband, Rodney Jackson, said they were following their midwife's care protocol for their baby's jaundice, which was to care for her at home rather than admit her to the hospital. After a routine doctor's visit, the couple alleges that their child's pediatrician called Dallas Child Protective Services because the parents were going to continue to follow their midwife's guidance. Days later, DeSoto police officers and CPS agents arrived at the couple's home, demanding they return their daughter or they turn their daughter over to authorities. Tamicia Jackson says officers arrested her husband, took his keys, used them to enter the residence and took Myla from the mother's arms. When they came in, they took her from me. I requested. I need to see the paperwork. They insisted. No, give her first, give her first. Uh, Jackson said at a press conference so they took her from my arms and gave me the paperwork when they left I looked at the paperwork and the paperwork had another mother's name on it Jackson says her husband was not initially listed on the warrant later she says the document was updated to list Jackson as the alleged father instantly I felt as though they had stolen my baby as I had a home birth and they were trying to say that my baby belonged to this other woman the mom continued holding back tears. oh man I did not know where to turn. They had taken my husband from me and they took my daughter from me and I was left by myself. Y'all, if you've ever had a child and been with the mom for those first few months and you know kind of that heightened level of fear that they have over the baby, that like heightened level of protection those first few months. And it's almost like an anxiety that they have to have the police. To be a black family, have the police come take your baby from you. And then when they give you the papers on the warrant, it don't even have your name on it. Like it has another mom's name, like literally as though they are going to try and steal. I, I know that that woman literally thought they were trying to steal her baby. I can't even imagine what she went through in that moment. That is crazy. Uh, A spokesperson for the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services told them that CPS cases are confidential. Therefore, they're not able to discuss the details of the case. Myler remains in uh, CPS custody under the care of a foster family. The couple's hearing with the Dallas County's juvenile board was originally scheduled for April 6th. That morning, the couple says the hearing was abruptly postponed to the 20th. Bruh, quit playing with me. That they they took this family's newborn baby and they pushing back trial day so they can't even talk to nobody about that. <laughs> that is crazy. In Jackson State, they've been allowed only a few supervised visits with their daughter, which they say have taken place at CPS offices in the presence of police officers. During the press conference, the couple says they felt like criminals during their visit and claim their attempts to deliver breast milk to their newborn daughter have been denied. The child still does not have a birth certificate because she wasn't born at a hospital. For me as the father, this is my only daughter. I can't be a girl dad right now, Jackson said. I feel like I have my protection role has been stripped away from me. The couple's midwife uh, said that uh, Mila was being nurtured. Uh, this child was being supported. This child was being loved. This child was kidnapped. Myla needs to be returned home. According to one 2016 academic study, 53% of black children experience child well ex- investigations before their 18th birthday compared to 28% of white children. Once in custody, research shows black children are less likely than white children to be placed with a family member or ever return to their families. The couple and their midwife believe the child was taken from her parents because they had followed the advice and they were cared for by a midwife. From 2019 to 20, more people of color chose to give birth outside of a hospital setting, according to a 2022 uh, report. Um, an increase The increase was greatest among Black parents, followed by indigenous, then Latinx parents, likely a response to the higher risk of mortality and morbidity they face as the impact of discrimination and structural racism in hospitals that result in lower quality care. That is the thing that makes this story even crazier. The reason why this family chose to have their baby at home and have a midwife is because statistically in America, as a woman, period, you are more likely to die or experience lifelong complications due to your birth in America than almost any other industrialized nation. Couple that with the fact that as a black woman, I think the rate is about three times higher. So they want to circumvent that. they like, nah, we want to have a baby at home in a natural setting, somewhere where we feel comfortable. Then their baby gets jaundice, which is, as they stated, a very typical complication with newborn babies that ultimately resolves itself in a lot of cases. They go to the pediatrician because they, because to me, they're doing the responsible thing. They've chosen their path. They're like, we want to do the holistic method on this. We don't really want to go directly through the hospital, through all this stuff. We want to see if these things resolve themselves the way that they typically do in nature, right? But we still want to keep an eye on this, which I actually highly respect them for, being like, we're not going to necessarily just do what the doctor said, but we're going to take her to the doctor. That way we've got another professional keeping tabs on this. And because of what I would consider responsible parenting, They get CPS called on them and because that system is designed to just strip kids from their family indiscriminate of what's really going on an underfunded system with people who don't have the resources or the training to really adequately handle situations like this. They get their baby taken, placed in a foster care system that for me, I would never be able to sleep knowing my child was in foster care. Knowing the kind of parents that operate foster homes, the level of abuse that happens in foster homes, neglect, mistreatment, and I know that I'm actually a caring parent, there's no way I'm sleeping knowing my kids in foster care. That's what they get for just trying to take agency over their own lives. To just be the ones who are the sole decision makers as to their child's medical care. That's ridiculous to me. Um Black people are three more times. Yeah, I knew it was was three times. Black people are three more times likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white people, according to the CDC. In Texas, at least 118 women died. Nearly 200 children were left without a mother in 2019. Um, Discrimination contributed to 12% of pregnancy-related deaths in 2019, according to the same report. That same report is by the CDC. This isn't some, like, ultra left-wing group that did the whatever, whatever. And I know y'all niggas don't trust the CDC either, but that's what that was. During the press conference, Marsha Jones, uh, executive director of the AFIA Center, a Dallas based uh, organization that supported the couple's midwives said absolutely nothing happened last week for this parents to be sitting here today. What did happen was misogyny. What did happen was white patriarchy, the intentional denial of Miss Cheryl's ability to birth that happened. That same uh, thing that happened last week happened after reconstruction with black granny midwives that happened. The removal of black people's ability to take care of black people that happened, bro. That's crazy. Uh, Next story. Whites only? Company only hiring white candidates sparks outrage online. Uh, Arthur Grant Technologies, a Virginia-based tech company, went viral when a job posting for their Dallas, Texas office claimed they were looking for white candidates. The position post for a business analyst in its Salesforce and insurance claims team had a note in bold saying... Only born U.S. citizens, white, who are local within 60 miles from Dallas, Texas, don't share with candidates, in brackets. (sighs) The company has apologized and said the ad was posted by a new hire at the company at Arthur Graham. We do not condone or engage in any type of discrimination based on race, color, or religion. Of course, social media had plenty to say. One Twitter user retweeted and tagged the company's CEO, Warren Buffett. Looks like one of Berkshire Hathaway's vendors, Arthur Grand Technologies Inc., has some problematic hiring practices, the tweet said. Discrimination on race or national origin reduce a company's competitiveness besides being a bad look. Uh, We've talked about this a million times Social media uh, called for the apology Called called the apology damage control According to the independent While the investigator found the post to be From a junior employee People on social media and Reddit applauded the employee For essentially calling out the company's racist ways Bravo to the junior staff member being blamed for this They obviously blew the whistle on this company By posting the job uh, job requirement as written Yeah That's what happened you ever uh you ever do like a school drama play and you're like reading your lines with somebody, and then it's like you're reading your lines with someone and they're like looks left, and then they start reading it the line they're like, No, you don't read looks left. That's what happened there. And I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but either way, that's what that company deserved. And it's it's I love when stuff like this happens just as proof. Because people love to say that we are past that. We don't need laws for diversity and inclusion anymore because there's no companies out here who are just doing completely racist hiring practices, blah, 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 blah. And then something like this pops up where the internal memo was, we want a white US-born employee. We want, <laughs> we want blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, uh, Nazi sympathizer, uh Mark Furman. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They they just like we want the whitest. And we was we, we were thinking if you could if you could take Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson if they fucked and made a baby. That's the ideal applicant for us. We want the whitest of the white. None of these motherfuckers who are gonna come in here on no weird inclusion shit over here calling us on our racist bullshit. Imagine how. And now, this is what's wild about that. Now they're going to have to hire a nigga. Boy, I would kill myself if I had to be the black man who got hired at the firm who just got called out for trying to explicitly only hire white people. Boy, you know, the microaggressions in there big as hell. They not even in there talking about a um, nice hair, Jamal. They in there literally talking about, oh, well, goodness gracious, did you just roll out of bed? Those things are crazy. I mean, what do they call that? Nappy? <laughs> Like, boy, there is no way in hell. Imagine you pull up, you pull up to to goddamn the new job. They're like, oh, a nice Cadillac, there, Jamal. You're gonna put some spinners on that thing next week. We got a bonus coming up next week. You might want to put you some subs in the back. You know, you need the base. (laughs) Uh yeah. That shit is crazy to me, y'all. Um, I got some more shit, but you know what, y'all? Uh, I think that we're gonna end this off with with two segments. I try and make sure we find something with it every time. Uh, this intent, this intermittent starving is starting to wear on me. It's two o'clock, uh, so as being two hours from being allowed to eat, I'm definitely starting to feel the hunger. Needed that Anyway, we'll start off with a uh, Crowd favorite Oh shit Can I not put the motherfucker in here Bro, y'all look at me Fucking shut up Don't got stuff where it needs to be
0: Fellas, hit me one time We Got to do better got to do better babe.
2: on this segment of we got to do better y'all this one is a tough one texan declared innocent in slang now arrested for another A Houston man declared innocent in 2021 after being convicted in a fatal stabbing and serving seven years in prison has been charged with murder in the shooting of a fellow motorist, police said. Lydell Grant, 46, is accused of killing Edwin Aravelo, 33, following a minor traffic collision Thursday night. Houston police said Grant got out of his vehicle, shot Aravalo, then fled. Grant was taken into custody Friday after a warrant was issued for his, for his arrest, police said. Uh, after remaining jailed Sunday on a $1 million bond, the attorney for Grant listed in court records in this case could not immediately be reached on Sunday. In 2012, Grant was convicted of killing 28-year-old Aaron Shrihorn who was stabbed outside of Houston bar in 2010. Six eyewitnesses to the stabbing had taf- uh, testified against Grant at trial, but Grant was declared innocent on May, 2021 by the Texas court of appeals after new analysis of DNA found on the victim's fingernails pointed to Grant's innocence. He had served seven years of a life sentence when he was freed on bond in 2019 to await the appeal court's decision. In 2019, police arrested Jamarckio Carter for Sreehorn's killing. Carter, who was tracked down in Atlanta, confessed to the killing. He pleaded guilty to the murder in 2022 and was sent to pres- uh, prison. The Innocence Project of Texas, which worked to get Grant exonerated, said in a statement that it couldn't comment on the specifics of the incident on Thursday, which the group noted as an ongoing investigation. The group said its thoughts and sympathies go out to the victim's family. Man. This is so fucked up. Bro, like things like the Innocence Project, they really do so much to advocate for people who have been wrongfully convicted of shit, bro. And when you talk about my man just came out and just that's institutionalized if I ever seen it, bro. That nigga said, take me home, bro. He got out of jail, bro. They start showing him TikTok and Instagram reels. They showed that nigga Tinder, got him on the online dating. He getting, he swiping left, swiping right, bro. He done probably got Cash App scammed already. This motherfucker done probably... Uh, got on Facebook, nigga sent somebody a hundred dollars talking about send me a hundred dollars, get back eight hundred, just join the circle. He didn't fail for every scam that came out in the last seven years. And my nigga said, Send me home. This wasn't happening in a pen, bro. I don't want to say that he was in a in a in a in a serious relationship in there, and his man's not getting out, and he wanted to go back to his beautiful baby boo. You know what I'm saying? It's something. That nigga had to went to go home. You talking about a man hit you with a fender bender, you got out and emptied the clip on that nigga, bro. Institutionalized, bro. I'm all for prison reform. I'm all for having people out who shouldn't be in and all of that stuff because that's genuinely what I believe in. Put this nigga back. Take him back, put him, he is a menace, bro. He doesn't, he, no, no. Put his ass back, that's it that I don't got nothing else on that. Shit, he got, he he gots, he gots to go. You know what I'm saying? But before we get out of here, one last segment. Oh, oh, my black ass, turn the volume off. That was about to be, about to be a smooth segue too. You know what I'm saying? Before we get out of here, one last segment. alcoholic dog who got addicted to drinks left out by owner now sober a dog in the uk who developed an alcohol addiction after getting drinks from his former owner is now sober and on his way to a full recovery thanks to the intervention of animal welfare charity coco a two-year-old labrador cross and another dog were handed to the woodside animal rescue in plymouth oh dang now i got the hiccups sorry y'all Whew were handed to a Woodside Animal Rescue Trust in Plymouth, Devon, after the death of their owner. According to the post on Trust's Facebook page, both dogs began suffering fits and sadly the second dog passed away despite our second efforts. Bro. Bro. The post continued Coco continued to be seriously unwell and required round-the-clock care It became clear that he was suffering from symptoms that all pointed to alcohol withdrawal He spent four weeks sedated to help help with his withdrawal symptoms and to reduce the risk of future fits So yo Coco's man's died from withdrawals how you got your dogs out here so gone off the sauce? They literally have a withdrawals, bro. This is crazy. And just as a side note, if y'all are wondering why this is under white people do this, because we don't know for sure if the owner was white. If you ever pull back the skin on your dog, or not, uh, at the skin, the fur, that's a crack under there. Um, However, the situation has since vastly improved with Coco off all medication and now starting to behave like a normal dog. Though he remains very anxious at th- times, bro, I bet y'all ever seen, a, y'all ever seen a recovering addict? D- they mind don't never be right after that, bro. They always be, they be fucked up forever. But, uh, poor Coco. To help with his recovery, Coco was kept away from the main kennel and instead treated in a more homely <laughs> environment at the trust uh, Dun Roman unit. Uh, speaking of Newsweek Saturday, the sanctuary manager said Coco is continuing to make good progress. Progress, Coco is doing very well indeed, and is on his way to a full recovery. He spends a lot of time helping the girls in our sanctuary reception, in between playing with his toy ball. Of course, <laughs> a long way from the many days and long nights we went through with him, we were so delighted. Yeah, I hope Coco don't relapse. Coco I'm gonna get a new owner. They not gonna know the, the backstory. They're going to be drinking, leave out a little Corona. Coco going to be looking like Denzel Washington in flight. Are you looking at that cooler full of, full of the fucking uh, liquor in the the hotel room before the trial? Like I'm trying not. Coco going to be looking like Wanda on goddamn uh, Holiday Heart. I'm just thinking of all the, the crackhead fucking pookie. Coco going to be in there doing jumping jacks. Like, Everything cool. y'all, New Jack City, bro. I'm dead, y'all. I'm not gonna read the rest of this article, y'all, because when I tell y'all that these hiccups is whooping my ass, and I hate the hiccups. They are as always, man. Thank y'all for tuning in this motherfucker. I love y'all, man. Make sure if you are not subscribed to this podcast, you can go ahead and subscribe to this bitch for a little five dollars. That money keep this thing going. Please share this shit with one up, suddenly, one of your friends, somebody you know and love god damn these hiccups hit the wish list up buy me something cause I like gifts uh follow the podcast on wherever you listen to this motherfucker that, where you get all of the updates when we post new shit make sure you leave a five star review because if you ain't left the five star review are you even real you know what I'm saying and more than that make sure you check us out next week and have a great week in the meantime I love y'all as always peace
0: yeah Double up the respect. Came through the wire, fresh out the fire. My mic check, leaning and rocking. Feel it yourself, it's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board. My nigga tryna see. billion, mm. my gift to God, bonus Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nevada. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga is worth billion, Huh homie fuck your greasy granny them he been slapping shit so long they gotta come and grammy him he so fly he walk on stars Solar systems carry him bank account status when they marry him billion uh make sure you say it two times dre dre nigga make sure you say it two times <laughs> trying to see the salad with the croutons laying the foes down like futons for the billion. yeah man you're not tuning in the fuck this shit podcast